0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Zebra Talk, the podcast where we shine a little light onto the lives and the untold stories of the people who slide on their knees and count the threes. That's right. I'm talking about the referees. And today we're joined by one of my oldest friends in professional wrestling because he was my friend before professional wrestling. This is a guy that I've known since high school since alhambra high school martinez california represent what what
1: yes sir (laughs) you've
0: you've seen him at hood slam you've seen him at best of the west please give a warm welcome that we can't actually hear because this is pre-recorded to uh wiggles shane wignall how you doing Wiggles?
1: what's up everybody i'm awesome i'm doing really good i'm happy to be here with you and yeah it's funny that you mentioned the the alhambra thing because like that's actually something that, that i think about like we were the nerdy kids in school and like Uh, we were you know with the drama department all other stuff and people always kind of like oh you you watch wrestling etc and i'm like hey man look at us now we're having fun doing this thing so right it's all good
0: living out our dreams traveling all over the place refing crazy matches in front of all kinds of people speaking of crazy matches you're the stuff that you've done like i you know (laughs) obviously we kind of come from the same place but like uh you have gone to another level with it but like I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Let's just dive right in. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Give us a little origins of who you are, where you come from, and how you got involved, uh, got interested in wrestling. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I live in the Bay Area. Um, I've, I've got a dog and a house and a pretty cool job that I enjoy doing. But um, I, I would say, going back to the wrestling thing, I really got interested in it when I was about... I would say like seven or eight years old. Uh, my buddy was watching a lot of it and I never watched it at home, but anytime I came over to his house on the weekend, it was always on. He had all the tapes and he was really into it. So I, I got into it and then I watched it kind of regularly from about seven till 13. Then I stopped watching. Uh, and then I got mm-hmm. back into it in, in high school and then thereafter just kind of kept watching. Um, I've been lucky enough to have done it for shoot like four, four or five years now um, off and on, obviously with everything that's happening, but I, sure. I started training over in Oakland, uh, as you know, you actually kind of nudge me into it. Um, no,
0: I, I've never influenced anybody in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, I, I am completely selfish and not interested in helping anyone build a career no. In future.
1: <laughs> no, you're a jerk. Like you're, yeah. you don't do anything for anyone. You don't give anybody spotlight. You want it all on yourself. Um, But, you know, we all have our faults. It's good. (laughs) I'm curious, (laughs) actually,
0: before we move on uh, too quickly, uh, you said that there's a buddy of yours that you uh, were introduced to wrestling through. Is this somebody that, like, I would have met or known at any point? Is this a Martinez kid? Not that anybody anybody here is going to know who we're talking to.
1: Have you met Donovan, my really large friend? Big dude, like... Six something he's like, I feel four, like I five. would probably
0: know if I had met him, but uh anyway, let's uh go right ahead and move on. Did you ever go to like any indie shows before you, you like started coming around the hood slam scene?
1: Yeah, I, I did. I went to who, who was it that ran at the boys and girls club?
0: It was Devil we Mountain
1: Devil Mountain, yes, yeah. So yeah. Devil Mountain was like, okay, cool. Like there's this local show, and I think I saw it like on MySpace or something. Yeah. And <laughs> a friend of mine that, that you know. Michelle knew Anton who was working those shows and right. was like, Hey, you should come check this out. And like, I went there and I was, I was like hooked on indie wrestling again, just by going to one. I mean, it, it was just fun. You know, you got the, got the $3 hot dog you're sitting in the gym with probably about 30 <laughs> other people, you know, right. you got your $2 sodas and you got your raffle tickets for the halftime raffle. And you know, gotta get that 50
0: 50 raffle brother. <laughs> that to, is indie to. wrestling.
1: <laughs> no, it, oh, was, man. <laughs> it it was so much fun though. I, I remember going to those shows and just, making a fool out of myself and really just enjoying the live aspect of it so and the fact It it was affordable and accessible was great
0: it was pretty wild uh you know like when i was older and like started going around the hood slam scene uh i had totally spaced on the fact that i actually went to a devil mountain show uh when we were in high school and just forgot i guess uh because you know i moved away and did college and all that other stuff but um come to find out like i had seen the twins Uh, wrestling on the show, and I'm sure Sheik and everybody else, uh, but, like, they were the ones that really stood out to me. And I remembered them when I saw them do the high-five and the yee thing. Like, that was what stood out to me more than anything from the show, which just just goes to to show how important those, like, little character moments are, you know? Like, I didn't remember any of the wrestling, but (laughs) that, that's what stuck out. And it's wild that there was, like, independent wrestling so easily accessible to us so close to us like i live, you know over on f street this is a lot of martinez lore for people who have no idea (laughs) where we're talking about but like i lived like five minutes away from uh the boys and girls club i could have walked to these shows in high school and i just didn't know that they were there um anyway let's fast forward a little bit to you coming to uh hood slam and that kind of how you got involved in the scene a little bit more regularly
1: yeah you know i i in between there, I did go to some, like, like WWE shows. like went to a Raw, and a SmackDown, etc. whenever it came around, just because I kind of sure. got back into it uh, at that level. And then uh, I went to a little show called Hood Slam. Um, and I think, I don't recall if it was you and I that were talking about the first one that I went to, or I just showed up. Was it me and you remind me?
0: I, I think, think that you showed up, and I had no idea you were a wrestling fan yet. Uh, right, okay. I was okay. already training there, but, like, you and I... And Ryan Mulgrew and I, another Martinez person that nobody knows who we're talking sure. about, but uh, I, the three of us were all diehard, hardcore wrestling fans at the same time and had no idea about each other, <laughs> which is really yeah. funny because you know we came up at that time where it was like almost embarrassing to be like a pro wrestling fan. Um, yeah. So nice to find out after the fact. But yeah, you came. Um, just, I guess, organically because of like Michelle and the other kids, maybe Uh, because like the Martinez crew was already coming. Right. Or did you bring them with you?
1: Well, I I think I I brought them with me. Like I I came first. I don't remember if it was with Andrew or or somebody else, but, but regardless. And then, Mm. then the Martinez people started showing up. And I think what really like struck me about hood slam that was different from any other show was just the fact that it felt it felt more like a fun night at the bar with your friends. Yeah. That there was also a wrestling show at. And
0: absolutely. Let's, let's talk about what hood slam is real quick, just to like kind of set the scene for the people who are listening. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So I I would say hood slam is it's at its core. It's a wrestling show, obviously. um, But it's somewhat adult oriented in that there's certain notions of, I I would say old school or traditional wrestling that just don't exist there. Um, People have been shot and killed on shows. Babies have been born. Aliens have, <laughs> have come out of the sky. Um, you know, just several several really crazy things. And they kind of let the audience in on the joke, which is what I really appreciated about it. Um, right. And it, it's like intentionally
0: thing, tongue-in-cheek. It's very adult-oriented. You know, it's 21 and up. Like, it's, it's not yes. in any way traditional pro wrestling intentionally. Go ahead.
1: No, and I think me being a wrestling fan, what allowed me to really connect with it was that beneath all the crazy characters and the, and the interesting angles and the like off the wall storylines and the comedy, there was legitimate, good professional wrestling that was occurring there. Um, And that as a wrestling fan really allowed me to connect with it. And if you're not a wrestling fan, you you might come in and uh, you know, really just resonate with the other stuff, like the comedy and that stuff. But as a wrestling fan, I I got it all because I feel like there were some really talented people that worked there and, uh, it, it was just fun to be a part of it as a fan. I really enjoyed it. Something Which totally is exactly, sure.
0: exactly how I felt when I first started going. You know, it was like, I've always been like a really nerdy, like wrestling fan, you know, like my favorite wrestlers are like the collegiate shoot style wrestlers, you know, but yeah. like uh, you have that at Hood Slam, but they really embrace the variety act uh, aspect of professional wrestling. They give you, you know, all the different flavors of ice cream in one night but they don't really exclude any of the flavors you know you'll see a death match just as easily as you'll see like one of the best cruiserweight matches you've ever seen just as easily as you'll see like this crazy off the-wall ridiculous eight-man tag with like aliens and like you said dead babies and zombies and yeah all kinds of stuff yeah but anyway, go ahead. No I, I mean I, I think
1: you really summed it up there and it, it was just one of those things that I found myself really enjoying um, as a fan. Uh, and it was just something that was totally different from anything that, that I had been to prior. And I, I think I had some further conversations with you and I don't remember how it came up, but I think you mentioned, Hey, I'm, I'm going to school out here in Oakland. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's neat. And I, I said, you know, I, I thought about that. That that sounds like it'd be fun, but that's kind of where I had left it in my, sure in my brain. And, um, there was a, a few more conversations with, with you and I, and eventually it came to Hey, like, why don't you just come check out a practice? Uh, and, I did. I I went over to, uh, the school there with Dustin and Derek, um, the, the twins, the suburban commandos, whatever you want to call them. Um, and from then on, I I was just kind of there. And before you know it, I was in there training, you know, two or three times a week to start with. And, I just remember one thing from when I first started, Um, I I was still so new. You weren't there for a night. So I got to do, I think like three or four matches. And I remember being super excited and telling you like, Oh man, I got to do three or
0: four
1: (laughs) matches and it was so cool and blah, blah, blah. blah, And like, I I just, that, that feeling of being excited and having fun with it, that has never left me. Every time I go out, I have that same feeling. And that's what I really appreciate about
0: what we do. Absolutely. It's funny how organic the process is and how, it's very similar to like other people's situations. Like for example, you know, like I had been going to the hood slam shows and Steven had been telling me, Stephen Trasario, or friend uh, had been telling me, you know, like, why aren't you training? Why aren't you training? Why aren't you training? You know, like uh, until eventually like, you know, one day we just show up to the warehouse and then we just never leave like, you know, rest in peace, victory warehouse changed a lot of people's lives, man.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's just, I, I think, the funny conversation that I have with people and I'm sure anybody that's listening to this can can relate to this conversation that that do what we do. It's like, well, how did you get into that? And in the end, it's, it's just, it's like any other job. I I went to school, you know, it just, it is what it is at its base level. That's exactly what it is.
0: My mom actually made a really interesting comment about uh, like my experience in pro wrestling so far. Uh, She compared the time that we spend on the Indies to like an internship or like, uh, learning, uh, 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 trying to get your doctorate, right. You know, you're committing a serious amount of time to learning as much as you can, you know, like almost a decade for a lot of people, uh, before you actually get the opportunity to take what you've learned and put it into practice on like a major scale. Um, and I really liked that comparison a lot.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's, I I wish I would have had those words when, I could have made a description to people that say, oh, like, <laughs> I bet you're making a bunch of money with all those long drives that you're doing and <laughs> those shows like you've been all over the place. I, I, I bet, you know, your, your rent is paid and everything's all taken care of from what you do. And uh, I, I wish I had the words to say it's considered an internship right now.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've... you can take it now. It's yours. It's yours, brother. I will give it up to you. Um, tell I, me I'm little... going to. Tell me a little bit about your experience. You know, I'm not looking for compliments or anything because you did a lot of your own training after I had left. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your experience training to become a referee and what the transition was like from like becoming a fan to a student, to somebody who was actually working regularly in the ring.
1: Well, I think when I first realized that this was for real and it was going to be harder than I thought it was, was, Just doing something as simple as taking a flat back bump, Um, Mm -mm. it's something that, as you you know, go to training becomes a normal, everyday, realistic thing. That's like, okay, whatever. It's it's a warm up. But I remember when I first did that, and I hit the mat, and I'm going like, "Ow,
0: I gotta do that all the time." Yeah.
1: (laughs) How how much do I have to do this? And then it came to the, (laughs) then the rolls came, and I I, uh, was reminded of how unathletic I am, which is kind of the origin of, of my name because moniker wiggly. if
0: you will <laughs> yeah,
1: my moniker i'm completely wiggly i'm not athletic but um i i learned the hard way so to speak that it's it is very athletic and it's a very real thing and it requires a lot of talent and dedication to be even remotely okay at it um absolutely and i, I would say that was one of the biggest light bulb moments in the transition from fan to working within the business or at least training to do so. Mm -hmm. And then um, I know you mentioned that you weren't looking for compliments, but uh, I will say that you were actually really helpful at the beginning because it was myself and you, we were kind of the referee camp there. That was about it. So it was helpful to have you to kind of start with. And then as we both kind of grew, I felt like we were able to bounce ideas and thoughts off of each other. And I think that that was really helpful as well. And that's where, I, I kind of learned about the nuances of the job, at least on a basic level. And going back into the transition, it was as a referee, I found myself sitting there watching as mm-hmm. a fan, being like, well, that was a cool move, or that was neat. And then forgetting I, I was actually doing a job. Um, mm-hmm. So that was- Which is unfortunate, but- <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, like you've been there, I've been there. I've been a part of some matches that I would have loved to just sit and watch, but you know, I'm, I'm working, which yeah. I feel blessed to do. But sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm still a fan of this business, obviously. And I think we all are.
0: Tell me a little bit, you know, I don't think we've ever really talked about this too much in depth, but like, what, what was it like after I left and you kind of had to just like start teaching yourself, you know, like uh, a lot of us, we've had the experience where like either we never had another referee on hand or some people have had a referee like trainer or mentor or something. We just kind of had each other to work with. You know, I was only like a few months ahead of you. Like I I hadn't even been in a year yet. Um, What was it like just kind of like being thrown in the deep end and and being the only one there?
1: Um, Well, I would say that I I was lucky enough to at least have some resources that I could reach out to. So there was Toby, who, you know, there was referee Guido who, you know, Um, and they were great to be able to, Talk to in between, but a a lot of it was really just self-observation. And that kind of taught me to be hard on myself because I would have to be the one correcting my mistakes or like seeing if I looked good or whatever. So that was actually a great exercise in learning how to tape study myself. Um, A lot of what I would do is I would set up my phone and I would go back and watch after and make adjustments. And um, don't get me wrong, my trainers were great, but a lot of times there wasn't that referee mindset going into it. And and the feedback I was getting was, Oh, you're in the way here, or you did a good job on this count or great job. I don't have anything for you, which is a good compliment, but I'm, I'm trying to learn. So a lot of it was really just learning to be, uh, a tough critic on myself, but, but a fair critic so that it would be actual um, I'd get some production out of it, if that makes sense.
0: Sure. Absolutely. That's something that we talk about a lot in this podcast is like, uh, you know, we've all heard the compliment, uh, you know, like you weren't in the way and that's a compliment and like, yes, it's a compliment and we appreciate hearing it. We're glad that we're, you know, like meeting that like baseline requirement, but like, what we need in those moments in our early days, isn't a compliment. What we need is something to help us grow and help us like get better at like the technique that, you know, people don't really observe, uh, unless they do the job, which like you had mentioned before, we were really lucky that we had some really experienced, talented referees that were associated with the hood slam company, even if they weren't necessarily at training with us all the time. So big thank you to Sparky and Guido and Toby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell me a little bit about when was the first time that you actually booked on a show? How long did it take you after you had been training? And uh, do you remember your first match?
1: I want to say, yeah, so I'm going to talk about something like like outside of a student show. Um, My first match that I really remember, I'll say, I don't know if it was my exact first match, but the first one that I have a distinct memory of was when Hood Slam was actually in Reno. Uh, This was one of the first times that I had the opportunity to referee because I forget who it was, but but somebody couldn't make the track out to Reno. And I had a chance to go out there and um, I was in there thankfully with my two trainers. Um, Mm -hmm. That was the first match that I remember and it was a tag match. Um, And I I felt like going into it, I felt like I was way in over my head, but Mm. it was interesting once I got in there and started moving around, I just went back to all the stuff that I had trained on in front of nobody. Yeah. Um, And it it just kind of clicked. And I I would say I didn't really have to consciously think about everything I was doing. And that that was really helpful. And um, I got some good feedback about that. Obviously, I was really new. So there were a lot of things I could get better at. But uh, that was that was a lot of fun. I'll never forget that. That I think
0: that really speaks to like, uh, the quality of training that you get with the twins. uh, Because like, I've spoken before about how like, you get different things from different schools based on where it is that you go. And like, Um, you know if you go to like all pro wrestling you're gonna get trained to be a very 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 good technical wrestler and Mm -hmm. get like put into very good physical shape and you're probably going to be trained like how to become a WWE or an AEW wrestler Mm -hmm. or something like that right like kind of the same thing with uh, big time wrestling BTW you're probably gonna get trained to become like a superstar you know main event style wrestler or whatever your wrestling style is but what I'm getting at is when you're at uh, when you're training with the twins, like they are very, very, very good at teaching people psychology. They're very good at uh, teaching people how to become like a functional, independent wrestler, referee, whatever it is. Uh, That was something that I really appreciated about being there is like, they take the time to make you do matches and matches and matches and matches over and over all the time. So that when you do get put in front of people for that first time, like you said, it's just like, oh, yeah, I've done this.
1: Yeah, uh, and the, the other thing that I'll, I'll give them credit for is they themselves are over-the-top characters in wrestling, and yeah. that tends to be the type of character that they develop there with their students. So yeah. having the experience working with this extreme level of like over-the-top character makes it so that I guess I, I there was not a character that I ever worked with that I was intimidated by or sure. that I was like, oh, you're – you're too much, or you're too weird. I don't know how to work with you, or I, yeah. I just never had that problem, you know. So that was one thing that I was extremely grateful for was just the way that those guys uh, build character and really just have that over-the-top personality. I, I think that was hugely helpful for me in my career.
0: Definitely. Um, okay, so you've trained. Uh, you've trained. You've done your first match now. You're starting to do shows and things like that. At what point did you feel like uh your reffing really like kicked off and you felt like you know you were you were like hitting your kind of groove?
1: Um I, I would really go back to, to Hood Slam with this. I, I think about six six to eight months after I, I started in, I was now working on the show that I had gone to as a fan. And I think when I went out there Hood Slam you know was lucky enough to sometimes draw five, six hundred people in that venue. And um, I think it just a lot kidding. more than that. <laughs> yes, uh, but you yeah. know, uh, the fire marshal might tune in here. So five Fiz to a, six,
0: Fiz a, Fiz a, The fizz marshal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but no, and I, I think that's really when I started hit my stride, just when I was doing it on a monthly basis at the time. It started to be, mm-hmm. you know, every Friday I had something solid that I could count on. And from that, as you know, Hood Slam draws talent from many different circles. So it was nice to be able to have the networking there. And I got an opportunity to go work with gold rush a couple of times. Then I worked with sure. East Bay pro wrestling, which as you know, was a local promotion here. And then I went to best of the West from there. So it was really when I started having to keep a calendar on mm-hmm. my phone to figure out what was next that I, I knew that I had hit my stride and that it, it was something that I could actually do on, on a regular basis.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when did you have that moment? Like, you know, you're somebody that like, I think you balance real life and wrestling life a lot better than most people. Uh, it's something that I've always kind of like, looked to you toward, uh, look towards you for, um, inspiration and like, you know, like, uh, how to do that myself. Um, do you consider yourself someone who's chasing a contract?
1: I, I wouldn't necessarily say somebody that's, that's chasing a contract. I, I think that uh, my ultimate goal in life is to make money doing something that I really enjoy doing. Sure. And I think refereeing is, is that thing. Like I, I like my, my day job, but I, I love refereeing. There's nothing like that in the world. So it is something that I put my focus and my time into. And even now when I might not be, you know, out doing the things that, that we normally do, I, I still try to take the time to be active uh, in, in, in zebra talk. Like I'm not posting a lot. I know don't scold me for that, but Um, I do scroll through there and I see a lot of information and it's something that I'm trying to keep it always on my mind, but I would not consider myself somebody that's chasing a contract. No, I try to take it day by day and I try to take each experience for what it is and really just enjoy the moment that I'm in and hopefully create more as I move all as I move along.
0: Now, you may not be somebody who's chasing a contract, but like you've spoken about it, even yourself just here, like you feel like, uh, the thing that you want to pay your bills and like be your living and your actual career is professional wrestling and refereeing. At what point did you, you know, like, obviously you can be somebody who's working the indie circuit and everything and bouncing around from show to show and show. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's a good hobby, but like, when did you really get that like confidence that like, you know, kind of made you feel like, no, like I, I'm not just like doing this for fun anymore. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a worker.
1: Uh, it it was probably the first time that I worked four shows in a week. Um, And that was, you know, I, I want to say about a year into my career, I had, I think it was a student show on Thursday, a hood same on Friday. Um, I had East Bay on Saturday and I had um, best of the West on Sunday, if I recall. And that was one of those times where I was able to count the places that I've been um, and really realize, like, Hey, th- I just spent probably 40 hours doing this. Yeah. And I didn't like, it wasn't stressing me out. Like I liked I didn't hate it. it. <laughs> exactly. Like the, that's the way to put it. I, I was not miserable there. I was not at, at any point looking at my watch saying, Oh man, okay. I got a lunch in 15 minutes. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just enjoying it. You know, I had fun with the car rides. I, I had fun with, um, you know, sitting under the learning tree as they say, and just talking to different people from different companies and, um, all the stuff in between, I, I really embraced and loved and, um, yeah, I think that's when I realized that it's something that I could do as a full-time job because, you know, I was doing it for, for 40 hours that week. And that's something that I wanted to continue doing. I'd be happy to spend my time doing it.
0: Yeah. Crazy. When you have that moment where like, uh, I actually didn't really have it until like, maybe like my fifth or sixth year, because I have been somebody who's been so gung ho focused on and chasing after a contract. Like my goal, when I started, uh, refereeing, when I started training was like WWE in five years. Um, Which, like, you know, I set that goal for myself uh, intentionally uh, to as absurd as it was because I didn't think that I could get there. So I wanted to see how close that I could get. But then that, like, just consumed my mind the whole time. And what I'm getting at is like, it's wild when you have that moment where, like, you know, you've been uh, trying to, like, become a pro wrestling referee for so long. And then you have that self realization moment and that reflection moment where you're like, I am a pro wrestling referee. I'm not somebody who's like, that was a student or a trainee or somebody that's like, you know, doing my best to try and convince people that I am this, I am this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think, I think part of it too, was when, and this was probably a couple of years in where I noticed that like brand new referees were coming to me with questions Yeah, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, dude, I don't, even know why you're asking me that like I don't know like what I'm Sparky's doing Sparky's
0: right over there why are you talking to me
1: <laughs> yeah I'm like I, I'm still winging it I don't know why you're coming to me and I think that that kind of led into exactly what you're talking about where you take that moment where you know I'm I'm a student and I'm learning and like I'm I'm trying to break into this thing to hey I might be in this thing now yeah
0: so here we are you know obviously um, we're not like uh, a vet or like we're not you know not anybody's trainer or anything like that but there's definitely yeah that moment where you're like I'm 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 not trying to do this anymore i am doing this yeah. i'm still learning but i'm doing it yeah. um learning by doing speaking of which uh you've had the um fortune to have a, an interesting experience very early on in your career uh pretty often actually if i don't uh, if i do say so myself you've been a senior referee at a number of places already uh you've talked about east bay pro wrestling um, tell me a little bit about like what that experience has been like um, for the people at home. Let's, let's explain what East Bay is uh, to the people listening.
1: Yeah. So East Bay is a, a local thing, obviously they're um, I would say a smaller operation. I, I think they do probably 40 to 60 fans at their show when, when things were busy because that's what their building could support. But right. it was a place where a lot of young and up and coming talent from the area had a chance to really show their stuff every week. And the thing with East Bay that, that was cool is they would almost always have a full house it would always be the same fans back there you would get to know certain people's faces you would start to have you know a a little back and forth with 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 certain fans that were there just because they were there every show every week every month um and it was i I guess i would i would call it um like a a community theater version almost where it was just a local group yeah
0: it's a really good like training ground you know what i mean Uh, like there's some really big name people who like have, you know, had their first titles there, you know, like Shotzi had her first women's championship there. Mansoor had his first, uh, you know, like company title, you know, not necessarily a world title or anything like Steven obviously had his first like company title there. Um, it's a great place for people that like, not that there's anything wrong with booking the people that are already famous. But they were never going to book people that like are traveling in from all, you know, unless they were already in the area and they could afford it or whatever. This was a place that runs like every two weeks, they give you what they can. And like you said, it gives opportunities to people, you know, like myself, like yourself the people that we've already mentioned a chance to really come in and like have an opportunity that they might not be able to get in other places because they haven't established themselves yet, you know, to have a storyline and develop their character and to have like lengthy matches instead of, you know, like maybe just going and doing a dark match. There's nothing wrong with that, but like you can't really learn from that if that's all that you're ever getting.
1: Yeah, no. And I think, I think for me, it was um, a great exercise in learning, some of those different flavors that we were talking about with professional wrestling. I had come from hood slam, which as we talked about several times, it was crazy over the top, wacky, just totally over the top stuff. And then you go there and it's more of a traditional atmosphere for pro wrestling. So that's where I really learned a lot about the basics of, you know, TV style standard wrestling, because that's what they do there. Um, So that was great. I mean, and I would say as far as being the the senior referee thing that that didn't start like right when I went there, but as I was one of the constants there, um, that started to be one of the um responsibilities that was, was put on me there. And uh it, it was nice to work with several people and really help them get where they wanted to be on the particular card, like, oh, I want this match or I want to do that, no problem. Right. you go. And like that was that was a lot of fun just to j- just to be a part of that. And it made me feel even more so like this is a job because there's some actual work there. I'm not just showing up and being like, Okay, I'm in match three and six. Great, we'll have a good day. It's I need you to actually have some more
0: responsibility. Yeah, 100%. Uh,
1: No, I I was just saying, I got to work with the promoter and the talent to make sure that they have what they need. And uh, I I really felt a little bit closer to the office in that respect, because I'm doing some background work. Um, So that that was a really good learning experience for me.
0: It's uh, funny that you say you felt like closer to the office, because that's actually something that was like really drilled into my head uh, by the booker at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. You know, like sometimes we have those like, phases that we go through, we like, we're maybe a little too friendly with like the boys. And I think like, maybe we're like part of the locker room or something like that. And like, to an extent, obviously we are, you know, we're in the ring and everything. But uh, that was something that was really, um, you know, explained to me uh, was like, you're not one of the boys, you're part of the office, you are like part of the company, and you're a representative of the company in the ring and outside of the ring. They're just people who are coming and going through the doors, but you're going to be a constant. So you need to hold yourself to another level of like uh, respectability and responsibility.
1: Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And I think that you and I have actually had this conversation off camera about being a little closer to the office than we are to the actual locker room. And um, I, I think what you said about us being a constant is a real thing because mm-hmm. at places like East Bay, where they have a revolving door of new talent coming in, I was always on every single show, you know, and not everybody there was. Um, So that was something where you have that consistent connection. Yeah, yeah. exactly. With the people that are there, where it's, you know, I'm, I'm an employee of East Bay Pro Wrestling versus I am one of the talents that have come through the door this week. So that there was a little bit of a difference there. And um, I think working with companies like that to, to start really helped me when I started working with, other similar companies like Best of the West it might have been a little bit farther away when they were first kind of starting out, th- they needed to have that professional presence there. So having that experience prior and being able to bring a little bit of that with me, um, I think really helped helped me and hopefully helped their company set up a good foundation for what they wanted out of their officials.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we've talked a lot about your early uh, years and days in your career. Let's talk up a little bit more about like the more recent times, like what's the most recent match that you've had? Uh, obviously, you know, COVID's been a thing for quite a while, so it's been a while, but uh, Dude, I gotta, you, know, you were going real hot and heavy right before COVID happened. I'm trying to think, man, because it's it's so,
1: it seems like a lifetime ago, almost. Right. Um, I would say the last one that I really remember um, was, it was a television style show at mm-hmm. Hood Slam, and I don't remember the mask, but I remember the character that I portrayed. Now, huh the disclaimer here is I understand what an official's role is
0: in a traditional wrestling <laughs> show. Please believe but... me that I know that.
1: Um, but hood slam, as we talked about operates a little bit different.
0: They and ask for I... certain things from their <laughs> employees
1: that they do. And the ask this time was to be uh deputy Jimmy Dangle from Reno, nine one one. And I, I wish gotta they...
0: like put a picture of it up on here or like associated. I've with got the, it. I, I've got it. I'll send it to you after so we can make it
1: work. But um I, I it's. I wish I had a match for you, so I could say it was between this guy and this guy, and it was great. But I just remember that experience of being that character with extremely short shorts that were very, very breathable and really helped my range of motion. But that's a oh, I'll, that's I'll a bet. separate <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a separate issue entirely. Um, but that was one of the last shows that Hood Slam did before we're in this situation that we're in now.
0: Sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about like matches that you've done. Do you have like a favorite that you've done? Are there, are there any like, you know, standouts that like when you reflect back on things that you've done that like really just, Oh, that was a banger. That was one that like is really going to sit with me for like the rest of my life.
1: Yeah. You know, th- there was a really good match that I did. I want to say in 2018 for best of the West that it, it, it's one that I, I was thinking about recently for some reason it popped in my head, but it was funny bone and Eli Drake. What was mm-hmm. the match itself? Um And I enjoyed that match because it had a little bit of everything. It had technicality. It had really good psychology built into it. Um, it had a, a really good pace to it. And, and the story that they told was phenomenal. It really drew in the people that were there watching it. And it made it easy to referee. And everything just kind of was smooth and just flowed. And just based on the fact that they were doing all the work for me, I didn't really have much to do. So
0: sure.
1: um, I, I really, really enjoyed that one.
0: Those ones really stand out. You know, it's always great when you're in there with like two professionals or four, however many, but like people that really know what they're doing and you just kind of have to, you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to tell them anything to do. You just kind of go in there and do your job. It's great. And, you know, Eli Drake and Funny Bone are definitely that. (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, in your experience, uh, you know, sometimes we have matches that we prefer to do sometimes we have matches that like maybe we don't necessarily want to do what's uh, what's uh, like what style of match do you really, really enjoy what's your favorite thing to like really sink your teeth into if you could take your pick out of the card.
1: You know this, bro. I, I want a technical match. I want yeah. people tying each other into yeah. pretzels. I want something <laughs> where I have to check on submissions every two seconds. Um, You know, I, I I love the the high-flying flippy-doos. I love all that stuff, too. Don't get me wrong. I love pretty much I was any to say. wrestling. I was football.
0: a little surprised when you didn't throw out Blake Christian and uh, uh, Alex Zane as your, like, uh, standout match. But, you know, like, it, it's not always about the flippy-doos. It's a great match, but it's not always about the flippy-doos. Please continue. True
1: true but and and just to touch on that i've i've been blessed enough to be a part of a lot of awesome matches that was just the one that popped into my brain at the time sure. so that's what you got on the podcast <laughs> um, no but uh, i would say I, I really enjoy the technical work uh, I, I like the stuff that can really draw an audience in and frankly draw me in just by physical storytelling uh,
0: sure. and i think
1: that's if i had to pick a favorite flavor of wrestling that's what i really enjoy being a part of and watching
0: for that matter yeah absolutely the same I mean there's nothing quite like uh, you know like in the last year we saw like um, Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty I don't know if you're familiar or not but like the match that they had at the collective was just like oh my goodness like there's nothing like watching what two people are really capable of with just like practice and like precise execution you know it's like really amazing to see what they can come up with and see how they can you know like do the one upsmanship with each other please go ahead
1: well, I, I was just saying, I think uh, a very recent example of that one, one that I watched was Ciampa and Thatcher um, yeah, working the in fight pit, yeah. the fight pit. Yeah, Thatcher brought his technical wrestling with his technical holds on every little bit of that structure. And I thought that made the match, you know, another level just because he was able to include his style of old school technical wrestling. In Absolutely.
0: That, so. Uh, let's touch a little bit about the other side of the spectrum. What kind of matches, you know, we're not here to bury anybody or anybody's mm-hmm. abilities or anything like that, but what kind of matches do you not necessarily enjoy being a part of?
1: I, I'm just not a death match guy, man. Um, yeah. that, that's not for not everybody. Real. Yeah, no. And um, I, I enjoy watching them, but it, it's like when I'm a part of it, I just, it, it's one of the challenges for me where it, it's hard for me to separate. Uh, I'm a referee doing my job on this show to like, oh my God, that guy just got hit with a light tube. And I I know that about myself. So um, I I will work those things if if I'm booked to do so, but uh, it's not necessarily my personal preference.
0: I I mean, I'm kind of the same way in the sense that like, I would never discourage people from doing it or watching it because I watch it and I enjoy it. Uh, I really enjoy deathmatch wrestling from about 20 feet away. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't want to be the person who's like medically responsible for people that are intentionally being cut open and lit on fire. Yeah, just, yeah. I'm not prepared for that, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, sure. I can be if I need to be. I have mm-hmm. been in the past, you know, but like, it's just, yeah, I just want to watch and enjoy. Um, yeah. yeah, anyway. <laughs> Same. Um, in wrestling, uh, often we have to go to some really extreme lengths to get to the things that, uh, you know, we're going to be taking part in, to get to the shows that we're uh, on. What's the farthest that you've ever actually traveled for a wrestling show?
1: Farthest that I've ever traveled for a wrestling show? Probably L.A. I think L.A. is farther than Vegas
0: is um, it from me. Or is actually, Vegas you farther? know what? Uh, LA Vegas is about is six hours and Vegas is about nine hours. But I mean, okay. both of those are quite far from the Bay Area.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Vegas then would have to be the the farthest. Um, but then tell me LA a little bit would about that second.
0: experience. What'd you go to Vegas for?
1: Vegas was cool. Um, I went there for the Cauliflower Alley Club and the show that I was actually booked on was at the Level Up Expo over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was awesome. Um, Cauliflower is like a whole another podcast, but that was an amazing experience. I actually met you there in the casino and we, we chatted up while I played some video poker and, uh, you know, that was good times. Um, good times. It, it, was, it was a longer drive, but I, I had a chance to go with uh, AJ Kirsch, actually, and him and I had never really hung out much outside of the locker room. So when you're stuck in a car with somebody for nine hours, you're going to get to know them. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and it, it was really cool just to hang out with him and talk about wrestling stuff and non-wrestling stuff, just life philosophy and, you know, uh, partners and different cars we've had and, just random party stories and, you know, just normal human back and forth stuff. And that's what I was talking about earlier. That's the stuff I really enjoy about wrestling.
0: You know, uh, I'd be remiss. We're talking about real life, normal human stuff. It would not be a Wiggles podcast episode if we didn't talk about football. Obviously you're rocking your Niners strip. Uh, go into year, but, your no. experience, uh, with football, tell, tell the audience, you know, if there was anything, at least from my observations, looking from the outside in that, mm-hmm. uh, could rival your love of professional wrestling it would, or maybe even beat it, it would be your love of, uh, football. So go ahead.
1: It, it's, it's a different love. It, it is. But, um, for me, I have just always been a fan of football. It's, it's been something that's in my family, particularly the San Francisco 49ers, as you know, And I got, uh, that's okay. That's all right. We all make mistakes, (laughs) bud. That's no problem. We can still be friends. But uh, I want to say it was like 2009 or 2010. The tickets for the Niners were dirt cheap because we Mm -hmm. sucked at the time. It was like 400 bucks for the season. So me and my buddy Ian said, hey, you know what? Let's do it. And I'd only been to like one football game before this. But once I went there, uh, about two or three games in, similar to why I love pro wrestling, just... The crowd atmosphere and the energy and the vibe and just um, just just the feeling of being there, I was immediately hooked on it. Um, absolutely. And, and there's a lot of parallels in wrestling to that. You know, somebody scores a touchdown, there's a huge crescendo of, uh, of cheers there. And that's just a great moment to be a part of. And, you know, yeah. somebody, you know, the, the baby face finally beats the heel after wrestling him four times and same darn thing. Um, so that's football. I'm absolutely in love with as far as sports go. And those really are the two sports that I follow the most close pro wrestling and pro football.
0: It's funny that you mentioned the, you know, parallels between professional wrestling and uh, football, you know, like obviously we got baby faces and heels like the world's greatest football heel. Tom Brady is like going over again. You know, we've seen all kinds of like memes and hashtags and stuff over the last Uh day talking about like, Oh, you just went and joined whatever team. I was like, Hey, you guys want to win a super bowl? (laughs) Like, how are you feeling about, you know, the, uh, the potential aspirations of what our Super Bowl is going to look like this year?
1: I mean, honestly, the, these are the last two quarterbacks that I want to see play against each other. Um, <laughs> and it, I'll be totally transparent with you guys that are listening. It's completely selfish for me to say that because I have no reason to dislike either guy. They're both great quarterbacks. Um, Tom Brady is probably the best ever, um, but I just really didn't want to see the guy that beat us last year in the Super Bowl get to the Super Bowl. And sure. Tom Brady doesn't need to go to, I think, his 10th or 11th no one needs 10th, that many super 10th, bowls,
0: man. 10 10 super nuts. bowls it's one nuts. finger for every <laughs>
1: yeah like it's just it's it's ridiculous but either way um it's it's football and i'm i'm hooked on it just like i am any great angle in pro wrestling and i can't wait to see the payoff coming All in right. a couple of weeks so i'm ready to go man
0: let's swing back over into pro wrestling a little bit uh Obviously, um, you know, you've been at this a while now, and we talked a little bit about you like having a role as a senior referee. Uh, Are there any like, um, people that you've taken under your wing at this point, or under your stripes? Um, And in addition to that, who are some people that like you would attribute like your success as a referee towards, you know, like, as far as like, what kind of mentors did you have on hand or like what kind of refs did you particularly study like through television and stuff like that? And again, like I was there for five seconds. You don't need to talk about me. We were just peers. Like, please uh, go ahead.
1: Okay. That, that was a really long winded question. And it was a two parter, which I don't don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I'm going to try to hit all your points. I think your first question was um, talk about a referee that I brought under my stripes, so to speak. Um, and we already mentioned this disclaimer we're still new we're certainly not vets by any means but one referee that i was lucky enough to work with was uh steven landis um i, I know y- you've met steven before sure. i think right At best i've best worked with him on a bunch of shows
0: actually yeah yeah
1: Yeah. and then i remember funny bone first... man
0: funny bone has got a thing for landis i don't he know likes why it. he yeah. really
1: enjoys being around him
0: yeah <laughs> and,
1: and put him to sleep but that's a different that's a different story entirely you know um but Landis was, was really cool because when I first started working with him, um, he was at a very basic level of what he was doing. So he had all the standard trademarks of us when we're new, you got the deer in the headlights, you're in the wrong spot, you're getting in somebody's way, you're pissing off the boys in the back. Um, And and that was one of the things that he was enduring and, and dealing with. But To his credit, he reached out to different referees, myself, Guido, Sparky, et cetera. And I just happened to be on a lot of shows with him. So he would come to me for guidance on stuff. And I would always have notes for him. It was something that I tried to take the time to do because I I knew how impactful that was for me when I had other referees taking notes on me and helping me. Uh, So I would do that for him. And I would give him feedback and we would bounce ideas off of each other. And slowly but surely, he just got better and better. And now um, that kid honestly could be refereeing in, in any match and I think be successful at it. Um, that's how I honestly feel about, about Steve. And that was a lot of fun. And, you know, they say that the best way to learn is to, is to teach, so to speak. And I wouldn't really consider myself a teacher, but having to go back to basics and remember, okay, this is what it's like to work the horseshoe. This is what it's like to know where hard cam is this, this, you know, the, all that stuff, remembering that was something that really sparked it back up in my brain and really just, um, made it a more solid fundamental understanding than I had had prior just by working with him on that. And, um, I, I would say uh, another referee I'll mention was, uh, Aaliyah who was over Mm -hmm. there at, um, uh, East Bay pro, um, Aaliyah, not super big person. She's, I want to say five, one, five, two, maybe five, three on a good day.
0: Absolutely tiny human being.
1: Yes. Um, so for her, um, what I noticed about her right off the bat was she had enough of an authoritative presence at her size, to really be believable as the person in charge. Right. Um, and that was so much fun to work with her because um, she was another person that really listened and wanted to have more conversations about it. And would talk to me on our off days, like, hey, what did you think about a match here? What could I have done better there? And once again, that's all something that reminded me of the basics that sometimes one tends to overlook um, sure. as they get more and more experienced at, at doing any job. You know what I mean? Yeah, So definitely. that was that was awesome.
0: It's almost like reps in the ring, but like reps for your brain.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And then I think,
0: what was the second part? The second uh, part of your question. People that you've like looked up to uh, either in person or studied, you know, via like whatever, you know, format.
1: For sure. For sure. So uh, I'll, I'll start with the guys that I've worked with locally. Um, Obviously yourself, we went to school together. We don't need to, to, to go onto that path, but um, I would say referee Guido was a big one because he yeah. was at Hudson with me. Yeah. Uh, Sparky Ballard, as you know, who is just a phenomenal referee and just known as somebody that's always been straightforward and honest and upfront in the wrestling business. Uh, and then if you look at uh, Toby Reynolds as well, was another one that I actually watched back at what was it? Action, Action Empire, Action Coast, Devil Mountain, Devil Mountain. I mean, uh, I watched him- Devil
0: Mountain becomes Action Coast becomes East Bay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, I, I worked with them. And they were all super, super accessible. Yeah, which is what I needed. As a young referee, I needed somebody that I could reach out to after my match and say, Hey, I just took this really crappy video on my iPhone, I need to send it to you. Can you spend 15 or 20 minutes of your time and looking at it. And oh. without fail, all those guys were like, absolutely. And they would stop what they're doing watch the video and then have commentary for me in 20 to 30 minutes.
0: Yeah. And absolutely selfless human beings, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. And, and like that, that was so inspiring to me. And that's what made me want to give that back. So kind of tying it back into working with Aliyah and Steve, I, I had been lucky enough to have awesome referees that were always accessible. Um, and I, I want to be able to get that back. So that was a really rewarding experience for me to be able to do that and
0: I think that I, that really rings true uh, for myself as well. You know, like uh, obviously I had Toby and Guido and Sparky and, you know, Sparky's the reason I'm in pro wrestling at all. You know, he found me in a backyard and dragged me by the scruff of my neck to a school. <laughs> uh, but like that accessibility was something that I really took to heart while I was learning under them. And uh, is a big part of like why I created Zebra Talk and why I try to make sure that like, anytime somebody reaches out to me, like you said, you know, like, uh, it's it leaves a huge impact and impression on us when we're at those early stages in our careers even when we're you know where we are now having somebody that is uh above us and you know like seniority and experience and stuff like that uh that like we can reach out to that will give us the time of day and will talk to us about like what it is that we need to hear about so like it's uh, we we're very lucky uh to have you know like um people that you know didn't, weren't full of themselves and didn't think, you know, that they uh, didn't really need to like give back to us. in any way. It was very fortunate.
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think that's what uh, both of us have been lucky enough with in this business or in this job or whatever you want to call it. Just having that kind of guidance is huge. It's huge. Um, Neither of us would be anywhere near where we're at, wherever that may be if it wasn't for other people taking the time to help us through it, because you wouldn't be able to figure this stuff out on your own.
0: Sure. Speaking of where you're at, uh, you've accomplished a heck of a lot in, uh, you know, Hoodslam, Best of the West uh, in the area that you're in. Um, what kind of goals uh, really stand out as far as things that you've been able to cross off the list in your experience so far? And what kind of goals do you still have left for yourself?
1: Um, as far as goals that I, I've been able to cross off, I really just wanted to work, outside of my bubble um, mm-hmm. on some great shows. Um, I actually had an opportunity with you, uh, GCW down in LA was stand out? Uh, I, I did. I, 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 was <laughs> I was there. I was there. I know the show was kind of a blur, but um, I, and I'm, I'm so good at my job that I just kind of disappear into the background. And, you know, <laughs> so I, I appreciate the compliment. Um, no, but that, that was definitely a, a goal I could check off was just to work in a new place that was far away from me that had the exposure that they do. Um, that, that was a big goal of mine that I was happy to cross off. And
0: It's yes. funny that like, that was a big goal for you because like, or not funny that it was a goal for you, but like, uh, it's, it was a really big goal of mine to get you to Southern California for a number of years. And so it yes. was nice to <laughs> like, for both of us to be able to cross that off for, uh, you know, at the same time with the same situation. Cause like um, you've done a really, 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 really good job at like uh, becoming very, well-known and successful and like um, traveled in your area. But like, uh, I, it it's always kind of disappointed me that like more people don't know who you are and not in a like, oh, you're not doing things right or anything no, I get it. like it's not about you putting yourself over. That's not our job in the business. But like everybody who knows who you are and everybody that works with you in the Bay area, invest the West, wherever it is that you go, like your quality shines through your professionalism shines through. And I've been so eager for the rest of the wrestling world to know how competent and capable you are as a referee. So it was a, a real joy for me to finally, you know, like see you, you know, when I saw you walking up uh, that first, you know, few minutes when we were in LA, just like, yes, he's here. We're doing it. This is good i'm so happy (laughs) Uh, but go ahead please continue
1: no i I mean uh, that i i I, am just super grateful for the fact that that you wanted to get me out there and do that because sometimes um i and i've been very lucky but but sometimes you can feel like you are spinning your wheels uh doing the same thing at the same spot and um i i'm confident in in my abilities but you know i'm I, i did work within you know a We'll say a hundred mile radius. Um, yeah. And and that was about it. So it was a big goal of mine to get out of that area and go work for a reputable company with talent that I never worked for before sure. in a really high energy environment. And anybody that knows GCW knows that is a high energy environment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and,
1: and that was awesome. Um, as, as far as my goals m- moving forward, um, really once things uh, start to even out uh, on our world scale that, that we're on right now, um, I sure. really just want to, get back into it, um, on a regular basis and then really even expand more, um, you know, do the LA shows, um, go up to Washington, really handle more of the West coast and just work with different companies that I haven't worked with before. And, you know, I've had some conversations with people here and there during this time of relative slowness in the business. Um, and that's been productive. So I, I look forward to really hitting the ground running and just getting out of my bubble more would be the goal more
0: than anything else. Very cool. Maybe we can get you on a show with an IFB. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, do it. Uh, a headset. For those of you who don't know what that is, yes. uh, it's a uh, uh, a whole new beast for a lot of referees who haven't had a chance to use it yet. So I, I need well, that they...
1: experience, brother. I, I really yeah, do. Man. Like I, I'm, I've gotten really good like working with the baseball manager signs coming from the timekeeper. You know the yeah,
0: kind of stuff. it's but yeah, uh, six. <laughs> 15, 12 minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. to go. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. Sure. But I, I would love to get some experience doing that. So I guess that's another more uh, concrete, minute goal is to work somewhere where I can work with the headset. You're absolutely right.
0: Sure. You know, we're, we're kind of winding down our time here. And uh, i like to, at the end of these interviews, give uh, my guests an opportunity to talk about like shows that they've been on that maybe people haven't really uh, been able to see or that they should give another another look at. Um, If there's any matches out there on like YouTube or anything like that, that you think people should really take a look at, this is the opportunity for you to like, you know, talk about your social media and things like that. Uh, And particularly if there are any wrestlers that you think, you know, people should really give another look at uh, this is that time. So please go ahead. Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, thanks for having me. First of all, Um, as far as my social plugs, it's, it's pretty simple. It's just Facebook and uh, on Twitch, I'm at Mr. Wiggles live um really that's that's all i've got i don't have the instagrams and the Twittergrams and all the other things that you always pester me to get um i don't know what you're I, talking I'm, about <laughs> I'm, I'm working on myself okay I, I am but yeah um if you guys want to connect to my video games please hit me up on twitch uh, that's another big passion of mine that we didn't really have a chance to talk about but i'm always down to game and hang out with you guys and it's a great way to get to know people and kind of bond over something that you both know so that'd be awesome if you guys want to hit me up on, the, on twitch uh, as far as companies that i think you should check out i think you uh would really enjoy at least given hood slam a shot uh, check them out on, on twitch as well uh twitch.tv slash hood they've got some really cool content on there there's some really funny matches some really good wrestling matches and maybe it'll give you kind of a feel for what we were talking about because we were talking about it in kind of abstract terms so it would at least give sure. you um some kind of a frame of uh, of reference for this conversation anyways um other than that i would say best of the west is another awesome company to check out uh, i've had a chance to work with them they're uh local here to the west coast um they have a lot of awesome talent come in the door, and there's a lot of uh, up and coming talent that have worked on that show. So it's they're mostly on face are on YouTube. I found so go check them out at YouTube. They're Best of the West Wrestling on YouTube, and they've got some great content on there as well. Um, as far as wrestlers that I think you guys and girls should check out, um, it would definitely be um, this guy on my shirt. I think. Yeah. I mean, Asario. he's
0: probably like one of the top people on both of our lists. As far as like, why yeah. does the world? Just absolutely worship him already <laughs>
1: he is just
0: a, an incredible
1: wrestler and uh of all the people that i've been lucky enough to work with his matches are almost universally always bangers just the way yes. that guy works um it, it's just phenomenal it's fun to watch and um i highly suggest you check out steven tresario 100 percent. the other one would have to be and you probably know what i'm going to say here would have to be kenny k yeah uh, kenny k yeah. is somebody that Once again, it's known locally, this area, he's been in Washington a little bit, but the things that this guy can do, he's, he embodies that, that phrase that we all hear about, man, they could have a good match with a broomstick. Um, He could, Uh, he's just an incredible wrestler. He can work, uh, you know, with any style of wrestler and once again, put on absolute bangers and the stuff that guy can do in the ring is unreal. And it's just so easy for him.
0: I was going to say, you know, like Not just, you know, like, he can have a good match with anybody, but, like, it's it's another level when you find somebody that is consistently doing things that you, like, have never seen before, you know, like, we see yeah. so much wrestling, we see, see so many people you know, doing the same things or doing things that we haven't seen in a while or rarely or something like that. But like Kenny comes up with things that like you would have never even considered before. So like, I I couldn't agree more. Go ahead. And,
1: and and what's so crazy about that, not to get on, on, on Kenny for too long here, but he'll, he'll bounce ideas off me in the car ride on the way to something like, what if I did a a super flippy floppy do off this one rope and then turned it into a Rana and then did this, this, and this, I'm like, Oh, that would be cool. And then the dude does could. it like an hour yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, he does it like he's done it his whole life. He, yeah. he might practice it one time before the show, but then he just does it and he's like, "Oh, I think it was pretty good." Like, bro. <laughs> so he, he's uh, one I of actually those guys, heard
0: but... Stephen talking about Kenny once, uh, saying, "You know, like there's so many things that he'll do with Kenny that he would never try with anybody else because there's a lot of things that Kenny will do that like he's never done before because he thinks up of it. You know, like you said, like an hour before the show." but he's never felt uh, worried that he's, he knows that if there's anybody who's going to be able to execute it and execute it safely, it's Kenny K. So.
1: Yeah. And I, I think he, he's just one of those, one of those people within the business that I think has earned the trust of just about anybody that knows him and can come up and say, okay, we're going to do 16 backflips off the third rope. And then
0: everybody's yeah. like, okay, <laughs> need okay cool. Sounds good. You know?
1: So uh, I think he's earned that. And, you know, between Steven and, uh, and Kenny Kay, I think those are both talents that I, I wish more people had had the pleasure of watching or working with for sure. Absolutely.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast here today, Wiggles. I really appreciated your time. I, sh- I appreciate, you know, always being able to get to chop things up with you. I appreciate uh, the countless times you've let me crash on your couch and hang out with Jenny, uh, no problem, who is the, you know, like world's most adorable dog. Uh, it's I'm unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. We need up, Jenny. <laughs> oh, might have
1: to delete that, huh? <laughs>
0: maybe not <laughs>
1: can we put, maybe we'll just call it over by the time we get out of the chair
0: <laughs> anyway let's say hi to Jenny <laughs> hi Jenny can we
1: put a sensor uh, graphic up uh, to find
0: one I'll see if I can figure it out
1: thank you Thank you. <laughs> hi Jenny thank you for talking this is a lot of fun I, I appreciate you having, uh, having me on for the podcast oh, man. I got a red tint problem on my camera now oh uh.
0: All right, uh, I'm going to wind things down. That was the best uh, intro I could have ever hoped for. You're welcome. If you would like to support uh, the Zebra Talk podcast, the Zebra Zebra Talk fund, please head over to prowrestlingkeys.com backslash Zebra Talk. We've got lots of sweaters, shirts, hats, COVID masks. Hopefully one of these days we can talk with into actually getting a piece of merch. Uh, If you would like to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, it's Zebra Talk 123. Uh, you can also send an application to the Zebra Talk fund or request to be on the show yourself if you're a referee. Uh, the email is zebratalk123 at gmail.com. If you're not a part of Zebra Talk yet and you are a referee, first off, why? Why? Come on. Come on. Uh, we have almost 1,000 members. We're in every country where wrestling takes place. We're on every continent where human beings live, uh, you know, other than that cold one way south. Uh, please find me on any of the socials. Uh, I'm Robert Odie Brown on Facebook. Add me, I'll get you into zebra talk and we'll get you involved and, you know, get you started on networking and learning from other people all over the world. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's Odie one, Kenoti. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us here today and Wiggles. Thank you so much for being here today for dedicating a little bit of your time to this and, uh, for that, uh,
1: For sure. I I got you. I always do. Thanks again for for tuning in today, guys. Thank you, Zebra Talk. And like you said, if you're not a part of it, go join up. Um, It's an awesome resource. And yeah, just thanks again. I appreciate your time and for everything you do for the refereeing world of professional wrestling. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely, brother.
0: Thank you, folks. Take care.